Hello and welcome to our first year of Mattress and Stories podcast. I'm your host, Molly Vassabertolucci. I'm a licensed therapist and a maternal mental health specialist. I'm a mother of two on a parenthood learning journey, just like you. On this podcast, I talk with moms about their first year of motherhood and all of the joys, challenges, and surprises that come along with it. We share a lot of information and resources here, but this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a mental health professional. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Thanks for being here with me. Hello, and welcome to our first year. Today, we have an expert interview with Dr. Carrie Dominic a pelvic floor physical therapist and the owner of Recharge Therapy in Long Beach, California, where she helps people during pregnancy and postpartum recovery, as well as helping people with pelvic floor dysfunction live their best lives. Carrie is so passionate and knowledgeable about pelvic floor health. I've been wanting to have her on the podcast for the longest time. And in fact, we met and recorded together back in June but the sound quality was not up to par. And so Carrie was such a good sport about coming back and re-recording this whole episode for us. And I'm so glad because the expertise and the information and the encouragement that she shares in this episode is so important for moms in that first year recovering from pregnancy and childbirth and during postpartum. So let's jump into it. Here is Dr. Carrie Dominic. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. Tell us about yourself and what you do. How do you help moms in the first year? Yeah, I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. And so the majority of my clientele are new moms. Um, And so often what I see clinically is like a difficult birth or difficult recovery. And so from um, pelvic floor therapy, we work on if there's like bladder leakage, pelvic pain, prolapse, which is a scary word, don't look it up, <laughs> um, um, but like feelings of, of heaviness in the pelvis or like the abdominal muscles didn't um, heal back together. Um, so kind of like all those things that hopefully never go wrong with birth, but um, often do, or just sort of, you know, helping moms recover from birth and get back to exercise or whatever things they want to do in life. Um, so yeah, and that's, that's how I help them. How did you become interested in physical therapy and in pelvic floor therapy specifically? Yeah, so I always want, knew I wanted to work in healthcare. And so physical therapy made sense because I wanted to like spend time with my patients and get to know them, not just like your doctor's appointments are quick. Um, So that's how I became a physical therapist. And then I had no idea pelvic floor therapy was a thing. Um, But in school, we kind of learned about it. And then really, in my first job, I was just looking for a job where I could spend time with my patients and not Mm -hmm. be in like a really busy clinic. Um, And so my first job, we half of our population was pelvic floor. And I I was open to it, not really like interested, but open to it. Um, You know, I was like fresh out of school, like, oh, I'll give this a try. And I really liked it. Um, So this was kind of like the early 2000s and it was before social media. There wasn't a lot Mm. of information on the internet. And so most of my patients back then, and unfortunately it's not too different nowadays, um, but back then they really like, had been suffering for a long time and had been to like multiple doctors and they had to have 
gone to a doctor that knew what pelvic floor therapy was. Um, Mm -hmm. So they really suffered a long time and it was really like cool to be able to help them because oftentimes pelvic floor therapy, the things people come in for, um, they're not able to talk about it to anybody and doctors don't really have an answer. A lot of my patients have been to multiple doctors, had all these medical tests and everything is like quote unquote normal, um, but they still have symptoms. And so it just was like really special to be able to help them. Um, And so I did other things, but I always like kept coming back to this. Um, So yeah, so now, I mean, unfortunately doctors still aren't really sending patients to me, Um, but I guess now with the internet and social media and other healthcare providers like you who are like aware of this, those are, that's how people find public floor therapy now. It's so, I've heard the phrase um, common, but not normal. That's what it's coming to mind of like these issues that birthing people face after birth are so common, but they're just told like, this is just part of it. Like just like, this is just how you have to feel. And that's not the case. And so they're not always getting that information that like, there's actually things that can help you. Like you don't have to just pee when you sneeze for the rest of your life. Totally. I, I, I really hate that, that like people are still being told that by their doctors, you know, and I feel like medical doctors should know better by now. Um, I do know in medical school, they're at least introduced to pelvic floor therapy. I don't think they're really like in depth educated on it, but they should know that this exists. And yeah, it's frustrating to me as a provider, you know, I'm not even the one suffering, but like, I always think like we potty train our children, right? And then we expect them to be potty trained essentially. But like, how come after you give birth, doctors are telling you like, this is this is just the way it is and you have to live like this. And mm-hmm. yeah, it shouldn't be that way and it doesn't have to be that way. Why might a new mom come see you and how could PT be helpful? Like what are some of the most common reasons that you see moms in the first year? Yeah, so... Um, Often it's bladder leakage is a super common one. I would say like the two most common things are bladder leakage or pelvic pain, which pelvic pain can be a lot of things. It can be pain with sitting. Often it's pain with sex. So I would say those are the two most common things. It's bladder leakage and pelvic pain. Um, But also, yeah, there's something called prolapse, which often feels like heaviness or something falling out of the vagina yeah and then also like I have some really athletic moms who also come in just sort of needing some guidance like you know you go to your six-week checkup and the doctor says like you're cleared to have sex you're cleared to exercise but like what does that mean at six weeks like your body is probably not ready for those things Mm -hmm. um so a lot of times moms come in to sort of get some guidance of how do I go back to exercising safely Um, or they come in because, you know, some of them maybe not early postpartum, but maybe a few months down the road, they have gone back to exercise and then symptoms come on when they're trying to do more with their body. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely I see a lot of moms in the first, first year postpartum, but I tell, I tell people like you can come in at any point it's never too late earlier is always better but sometimes those early days they're they're hard they're overwhelming um and to go to one more appointment just seems like 
unrealistic. So um, it's never too late. And then, yeah, the demands on your body change, right? Like even throughout that first year as your baby gets bigger and wigglier and heavier, um, you know, sometimes these symptoms, you might be fine early postpartum, but then as you do more or your baby grows, Mm. um, then sometimes those things show up. So speaking of earlier is better, are there some things you can do prevention-wise to set yourself up for pelvic floor health in postpartum? Um, Yes and no. I always tell people we can prepare, but birth is nature, right? And sometimes you can be so prepared and it just doesn't go how you want. Um, So I always tell my moms that I I see prenatally, I tell them that. Um, But yes, like, I love seeing moms when they're pregnant um, to help them learn about their pelvic floor, like what it is, what Kegels feel like, what pushing feels like, um, to work on any things that are not optimal so that hopefully when it comes time to give birth, um, their pelvic floor can be in in the best position it can be. Um, And so... Hopefully, that helps them have a better recovery. Uh, Like I said, nothing's guaranteed. Sometimes something happens, baby has their own agenda. Um, But I will say, I got to look up this research. I can't can't find it, but I went to a conference earlier this year, and they presented, um, a clinic did a research study on this where they treated moms during pregnancy, and then they had a control group that they didn't, and then they assessed them after birth and the ones that had pelvic floor therapy during pregnancy had better birth outcomes and better recoveries. Um, so I'm not sure if that's published as of yet, um, but I know that they studied it and I see that myself with my patients, like majority of them that do like the prenatal pelvic floor therapy, um, they really seem to have a little bit better birth and recovery um, again, not, not everyone has like the ideal birth, but in general, I think they are better prepared and they, they do have better outcomes. So, yeah. What would a, a session look like for you or a course of treatment? So if a birthing person came in postpartum and they're experiencing one of these really common symptoms like bladder leakage what could they expect when they're working with you? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of people like have never heard of pelvic floor therapy. So like, what is this? Um, so yeah, that's a good question. So kind of everyone, I have the same basic things I go over with them. And then we sort of tailor it to what um, specific things. But often I'll just look generally at them. Like, what's your general like hip strength, abdominal strength, your general like flexibility, Um, And then I tell people they always have the option to choose this or not choose this. But if they're comfortable, um, I'll do a pelvic floor internal exam. So it's a little bit different than going to the OBGYN. Um, The pelvic floor muscles are really like just inside the vagina or the rectum, but usually vaginally. Um, And it's not like your OBGYN is usually going... They want to assess your cervix, your uterus, like deep inside there. Um, But I just use one finger to feel the muscles. Um, And so I kind of feel for is there tightness? 
is there weakness? You know, what does your Kegel feel like? Um, and for people prenatally, like when they're pregnant, I we test like, what does it feel like to push? Like, does your body know how to push? Um, so everyone, I kind of test those if they're comfortable, but people always have the option because some people are like, mm, I didn't know what that's, that's what this is about and I don't want to do that. Um, and some people are like, do whatever we need to do, right? So um, I always make sure to check in with people a lot um, because some, it is vulnerable, right? And so everyone's really different with their comfort level. Um, and so they might say they want it and then comes down to it, we don't. So I always tell people that you have the option to change your mind. Um, and then I'll do something called biofeedback, which a lot of young pelvic floor therapists seem to not not use this. And there's kind of like some, you'll see some things on it on social media about it, but it really is a good tool. It, it sort of shows us on a screen, there's some sensors that hook up to the pelvic floor muscles and it shows us on a screen, like the muscle activity. So we can test your Kegels. We can see like how strong the muscles are. We can test your endurance. We can see like do the muscles really relax when we want them to so it's a good tool and most of my patients really like it um because you know like there's nothing really to see for pelvic floor everything's inside and i also tell people like most of our life those muscles just do their job and we don't have to think about it so there's sort of two barriers we have to overcome like like what do these muscles feel like right and how do i activate them so the biofeedback um, sort of gives us a visual of what the muscles are doing and kind of helps helps you realize um, what they need to do and then we can use that as a training tool. Um, so that's kind of the basics. That was a long answer to like what we do and then um, we'll kind of go from there and, and tailor the rest of it to like what your specific concerns are. So for some of my moms who um, want to get back to exercise or they're having like bladder leakage with running or something like that, then I'll also do some more exercise testing. Like let's watch you run, let's watch you jump. Um, let's test more specifically some, you know, abdominal strength or leg strength. Um, so that's sort of like the more individual stuff, but yeah, in general, like we look generally at your flexibility, your strength. And then if you feel comfortable doing an internal exam, we'll do that. And then the biofeedback. And then that gives us a good picture of like a baseline of where to start. And then, you know, some people just need a visit or two. Some people need more visits. Um, but I would also say this, like probably across the board, pelvic floor therapy is a little bit different than like general physical therapy. A lot of times if you go to physical therapy for back pain or ankle sprain, like you've got to go two or three times a week for many weeks. Um, but most pelvic floor therapists, you're going to go once a week or once every other week. Um, and so we'll kind of like work on whatever we need to work on in the clinic and then give you exercises to work on at home. Um, so it looks a little bit different than like traditional physical therapy most of the time. Um, yeah. And often it's like a smaller number of visits, you know, like I said, some people need one or two visits. Some people need six or eight visits. Some people you know, need to check in periodically. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit different for everyone based on their symptoms and the severity. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm wondering, does the way that you birth 
So like C-section, vaginally, use of forceps or vacuums, like does that impact your pelvic floor differently? Yes. I What I typically see, I feel like the moms that have more complicated recoveries is they either had a really long labor or a mm. difficult labor or they needed um, some assistance like vacuum or forceps, you know, um, just sometimes that's what's necessary, right, for a baby, um, for everyone's safety, but that is more force on the pelvic floor, mm-hmm. um, right? It's like, so in the perfect world, the, the, the everything dilates and sort of the body adapts as dilation happens over time. Um, but when we need to speed that up or like help out that process, then there's usually higher risk of tearing or complications, um, yeah, and yeah, even my C-section moms, sometimes, you know, they go into labor and they try for a vaginal delivery, right? And then they end up with a C-section. So then we kind of have to work on on both. Like they had a, a really much more complicated birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also I would say like, if you have a planned C-section or a non-emergent C-section, like um, you're less likely to have pelvic floor issues, but doesn't mean you don't have them because sometimes just pregnancy itself, um, you know, 10 months of hormonal changes and the, the weight of the growing baby that you're carrying can cause some pelvic floor issues too. Um, so it doesn't mean C-section, your, your pelvic floor is preserved, um, less likely, but um, also we can work on the abdominal stuff, even though it's technically pelvic floor therapy, like we still work on the abdominal stuff too. So if you need, if you, have a c-section i still recommend moms to like go to a session or two of pelvic floor therapy so we can work on the c-section scar mm. abdominal healing um but yeah a lot of those moms i feel like have a more complicated birth because they went into labor they tried to have a vaginal delivery delivery and then they had a c-section so now you got both areas that really need some extra work yeah yeah i'm every time i get injured or I've had two babies, so that too, but then the injuries, like I'm always amazed at how connected everything is. Like it always drives it home. Like even like a, I don't know, ankle pain, whatever, then you're like, oh, like it somehow goes back to glute strength. <laughs> like everything yeah. is so connected. So it sounds like that, like the abdominal and pelvic floor and all that, that's all connected and and it's all impacted by pregnancy and birth. Totally. Yeah. Like um, the pelvic floor is really like the bottom, the floor of your core muscles. So like your pelvic floor muscles work in conjunction with your abdominal muscles. And we all know what happens to our abdominal muscles during pregnancy. Um, So yeah, they definitely go hand in hand as far as recovery. quick break here because I want to tell you about my quiz for finding out what kind of support you need in motherhood. All moms need and deserve support. And with this quick, free, fun quiz, you can find out what kind of support you need and get a list of personalized resources and support sent straight to your inbox. You can find that quiz at poppy-therapy.com quiz or down below in the show notes. If 
people have concerns about their pelvic floor health, what steps should they take to connect with someone like you? Yeah, that's a good question. So if you have a good relationship with your provider, you can always ask them about pelvic floor therapy. But kind of like we talked about earlier, a lot of doctors are still not referring. Um, But yeah, like I'm on social media at Recharge Therapy. So um, a lot of people find me there and I try to post tips every day, you know, consistently on there. Um, Yeah, so I think, you know, you can Google pelvic floor therapy in your local area, and then hopefully some providers will come up. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, some a lot of times doctors aren't referring their patients. I mean, everyone who's been pregnant or given birth really should, it should be standard of care. But, you know, our healthcare system in this country is really uh needs an overhaul but um but yeah like you can find me at my website recharge therapy you can find me on social media instagram facebook tiktok um and yeah hopefully that will kind of give you some information of like where to start or what is pelvic floor therapy about um there's a lot of pelvic floor therapists on social media now and i think you know because we realize doctors aren't really referring directly to us like we're we are trying to educate the public of like, mm. you can get help. You don't have to live like this for the rest of yeah. your life. Our broken healthcare system, doctors are busy and yeah. your postpartum checkup, they're just, um, it's so quick, right? That they're, and they're looking at you medically, like medically, have you healed? You're not bleeding. You don't have an infection, right? Like medically you're cleared. And that's what I tell my patients. Like the doctor is giving you medical clearance, but they're not, they're really not trained in therapy and like how to get you back to exercise and things like that. Um, So I wish everyone got a referral to pelvic floor therapy, but doctors are so busy. They're not even asking the questions of Mm. is sex painful? Are you licking, you know? Um, Or they're kind of dismissive of like, this is, this is normal. Yeah, I can relate so much to what you're saying as a mental health therapist because I don't get a lot of referrals from doctors either. It's um, a lot of other professionals, but, you know, that that six-week postpartum checkup, like you said, is very quick. It's very – and they do screen for mental health concerns, but often they don't know where to send moms and they don't always ask the questions that they, yeah, don't ask the right questions or even like it is dismissed as normal. So it's very, very similar to what you're saying about pelvic floor health, mental health is treated. Yeah. And I think it's mandated, right, that they screen for postpartum Mm -hmm. depression and mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, So that came out of a a legislative mandate. Um, But even though they're screening for it, they're still not referring. Um, so they're not even screening for pelvic floor stuff. Um, so <laughs> baby steps. A I long guess. way to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I really think what you said, you know, like I try to listen to my moms who seem to need mental health mm-hmm. therapy too and like refer them to you or other providers. Um, so I really feel like it's sort of like these. Uh, adjunct professions that we're sort of looking for the other things and listening and like referring our clients. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is just our, our healthcare system is just broken, it's overburdened, um, and yeah, doctors just don't have time. And and even if they do screen for it, yeah, like you said, they don't have, they don't know um, who to who to refer to. You know, like for um, like maternal mental health, like they probably should see a specialist like you versus just mm-hmm. a general therapist right same thing for pelvic floor it's like they should yeah. see a pelvic floor specialist versus just a general physical therapist so we all have a long ways to go to, to get yeah. better care for our moms yeah but the good news is that there is a whole world of support out there for moms so if someone's looking for a pelvic floor specialist what kind of like if they're you know searching physical therapy or pelvic floor therapy like what should they look for in a therapist that would let them know it would be a good fit like specifically for pelvic floor therapy yeah so um they should say that they specialize in pelvic floor um and i think our profession still has a ways to go as far as standardizing care um because we don't really learn this in in physical therapy school it's all education afterwards and so you know, some physical therapists will take one pelvic floor class and say they're a pelvic floor specialist, Mm -hmm. which, you know, to me is like, the more access, the better, even if it's not perfect. Um, But there's sort of not a standard. So we have a couple certifications in our profession. Um, Not a lot of people get those. And there's not like, one that's the one like APTA our professional organization has one there's some private training companies that have them um but public floor therapists like they should talk about more than just bladder leakage you know because that's really the first course public floor therapists take or physical therapists take in public floor world um but that's honestly a small percentage of my patients like I see more people probably for pelvic pain um but look for someone who's talking about pelvic floor stuff specifically, and you can look for there's some there's some certifications, the WHC Women's Health Certification. There's I can't remember all the initials. P R M P C Pelvic Rehab Pelvic Floor Specialist. Um, but not everyone has those, and it doesn't mean if they don't have those, they're necessarily like not as good of a provider. Um, but people that have those certifications have done. They've mm. passed a certification mm. test. Um, but yeah, I would say really look for someone who's talking specifically about this and not just talking about physical therapy and then once in a while throwing this in there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. You said earlier that sometimes your patients will come to you after they've kind of started getting back into exercise and something showing up for them. So for me, when I had my first baby, I'm a runner. And so when I had my first baby, I was like, I'm going to take nine weeks off. It's an eternity. (laughs) And then I'm going to like, and I'm going to rest the whole time and then I'm going to run again. And I just like, you know, it shifts because you're, you're healing and there's just like, so much that's changed with your body, but I was like, nine weeks is an eternity, and I'm going to come back, I'm going to be ready, and I was not ready. (laughs) Nine weeks is not very long to be (laughs) resting and recovering after, and I had a difficult 
complicated labor. So what are some of the things that can like show up for women that would be like a red flag for them of, of like, okay, maybe I need more support in coming back to exercise. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point because yeah, I think we're told like just rest and then you'll be able to do it. Right. And especially first time moms, it's like, whoa, what happened to me? It's so different than an injury. Like, you know, if you sprain your ankle, you got to rest it. You got to wait for the swelling to go down and there's certain exercises. Right. But we're not told anything about that about postpartum recovery. Um, so there is, there are some standards now. Um, and we're finally getting some research on this, but um, nine weeks feels like an eternity if you've ran your whole life, but it's still not that much, um, which I'm sure you learned later. Um, yes. yes, I did. Learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the recommendation is 12 weeks rest before running and jumping. Um, but also there's some standard exercises and I'm pretty sure this is on one of my blogs. Um, it's definitely on the internet if you know like what to Google, but um, yeah, there's like some standard exercises to um, that you should be able to do before returning to running or jumping. Um, and it's things like, can I do like 20 calf raises? Can I do 20 single leg squats? Um, can I do 20 bridges? Um, so yeah, I tell moms like, if you want to go back to running and jumping, that really should wait. And really sort of the the standard right now is recommended 12 weeks, but it's not zero to 12, 12 weeks, right? And I think that's sort of the mentality that we get from our, our six-week checkup is like, don't do anything for six weeks. And then like, boom, six weeks, you're magically cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a physical therapy standpoint, you know, you can start um strength training body weight training like yoga like maybe mat pilates um early on like i tell moms like if you feel good you can start doing some really gentle exercise at like two or three weeks postpartum and that's not everyone like some people are not ready to do that but some people are they're like i feel good i'm ready to move um but whatever point you start feeling like ready to move you know really should start with walking with some strength training um, and really build up a foundation of strength and stability again before going back to running. Um, So there really should be this ramping up of like starting to move. Yeah, one of the other um, tests is like, can I walk for 30 minutes without any pelvic symptoms, without any Mm. pelvic heaviness, without any bladder leakage, without any pelvic pain. Um, So there are some standards and they should be available on the internet. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I have a blog from back in the day on this. Um, yeah, so there are things you can do um, to recover and prepare yourself to return to run. So it's very, very different than having an injury. Um, your body just, there's hormones too, right? And if you're breastfeeding, like that affects just how your body is changing. Um, so all these things that, that no one's telling you as a, as a pregnant person or a new mom, you know, it's like, okay, six weeks, go ahead, do whatever you want to do. Body is like, whoo, no, I can't run. <laughs> um, yeah. And I would say there's a lot of 
really good online programs and apps now by different trainers that are specifically for postpartum that mm-hmm. kind of help um, like re-engage your core and strengthen. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of resources out there, but if no one's telling you that this is what you should do, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're just like, okay, I, I rested. Like now I can go run. Um, but that's really my recommendation is yes, rest and then start building strength start walking and and then run yeah Yeah. and it's different for everyone depending yeah like how your birth went how your recovery went um even your pregnancy right like some people are really nauseous or like really tired and they're not able to exercise during their pregnancy so then you know you you have to build up slower if you weren't able Mm -hmm. to exercise during your pregnancy um some people have an easy pregnancy. They feel great. They're running the whole time. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of factors that play into it. Of like, what was your baseline? How did you do during pregnancy? And then how was your birth and recovery? Um, so there's not, we have standards, but it's so variable depending on like all those factors. But mm. yeah, the thing I would say is strength train, walk before running. Mm. And it sounds like that's something that you can help with is like being very intentional about returning to fitness safely. Yeah, I love helping people with that. I'm like, this is my favorite part of pelvic floor therapy is like mm-hmm. the combination of pelvic floor therapy and like sports therapy, um, mm-hmm. because there are unique considerations to postpartum. Um, again, like I said, like hormones, breastfeeding, things like that, sleep, right? Like we talk about this with athletes now is like sleep and recovery. It's it's a huge part of athletics and, and athletic recovery now, but when you have a newborn, you're not sleeping. And right. especially if you choose to like exclusively breastfeed or exclusively pump, um, that's really hard on your body. So some of these normal things for athletics, you know, we have to think about in postpartum too. Um, but yeah, I love, I love helping moms like, okay, like let's give you a plan, a, an exercise plan, a strengthening plan to figure out like what, what really needs to be strengthened on you to be able to return to running safely or return to CrossFit or whatever you like to do. Um, Yeah. And we can like really be specific of like giving you an exercise plan. And so sometimes, you know, people come just for that. Like they don't have any leakage or pain. They're just sort of like, how do I safely get back to this? Um, And so to me, that's really fun. We can check out your pelvic floor too to make sure everything's good. Um, and then those people I usually just see like every few weeks, we kind of like, here's an exercise plan. And then we'll come back in a couple weeks when you're ready to progress. And then, yeah, we can test running and jumping and kind of get you back there safely. And so you feel stronger and more comfortable. Yeah, and avoid avoid problems. You mentioned your website, TikTok, Instagram, all these things. Where can people find you to connect with you? Yeah, so my social media is all at Recharge Therapy. And then my website is also Recharge Therapy. So um, yeah, and I have trying to build my social media and YouTube and have lots of blogs. So yeah, there should be hopefully lots of good information of at least a place to start and sort of... um, some information of like how to know if you have a problem and like where to start and yeah what's awesome. what's truly normal and what's what can be helped <laughs> that you don't have yeah. to live with wonderful thank you so much for all for sharing your expertise 
and all the information with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about this and hopefully we can educate more moms. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And if you did, you might want to subscribe to the podcast so you could be the first to know when new episodes air. Be sure to check out the show notes for any links, resources, or information that we mentioned in this episode. Thank you for listening.